Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 301 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com. Or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to Shadow Love, Return to the Seat of the Soul, which is a six-part audio journey I created for those of you asking about shadow work. Why do we do shadow work? How do we do shadow work? It is all there, my friends. It is all there. The how and the why. And spoiler alert, if you didn't hear me say spoiler alert in the last episode here, I will just tell you the why right now. The why is self-love. Shadow work is about plumbing the depths of the subconscious in order to retrieve the lost, rejected, and shamed parts of ourselves in order to create a greater sense of wholeness and ultimately self-love. It goes deep. It goes deep. I'm very proud of this audio journey. It's something you can do on your own time. I hope you will check it out. Having said that, welcome to Saturn's Day Evening Post number 11. I think it feels like it's been a hot minute since I've done a Saturn's Day Evening Post. It's been a while. And did you see the really silly little commercial I made for this episode on social media? (laughs) I just felt like doing something different. I've locked myself out of Instagram. I didn't go on Instagram. Sometimes I have, uh, I don't know, sometimes I just have little fallings out with Instagram because I don't like the algorithms there. And uh, I don't know, I, I really enjoy Instagram. I enjoy taking the pictures and things like that. But I just go through phases with it. And so I hadn't been there in a couple of weeks. And I decided to get back on, and now I can't I can't get back into my account because it's on my kid's iPad, and it's like a whole issue. I'll figure it out. <laughs> but uh, I was going to post a picture there, and I'm like, I'll just make a little video instead of our little magical day. So it's like under a minute long. It's just a little shout out like, yo, the next Saturn's Day evening post is up because it's up and it's here and I'm doing it right now while I'm talking to you. (laughs) And this is going to be because it's been a couple of weeks since I've done this. Every time I have something I want to share with you, I have this little PDF file and I just write like a word or a sentence so I can remember like, let's see what's on this one. Possum, crackers, (laughs) sodos. The Oscars, ego, it's like these random words so I can remember things I wanted to tell you about. But sometimes I look at the word and I'm like, I don't even know what that's about. And other times I'm over whatever the thing is that I wanted to tell you. And this time, because it's been a couple of weeks, it's like a lot has happened. So who knows where this is going to go? I'll tell you right now, fresh on my brain, we just went to go see A Wrinkle in Time. It was... Say it with me now. I bet you can guess what I'm going to say. Magical. It was so magical. I wore my women in film t-shirt that says Ava, Greta, Patty, and Dee. 
names of prominent women directors now. And I wore this on the Oscars, on Oscar Sunday. I actually bought it while watching the Golden Globes. Somebody posted this t-shirt on Twitter and I was like, mine. I bought it and then I hung it in my office (laughs) and I passed it. It just made me so happy because, you know, I love the movies And I'm like, I'm going to wear that on the Oscars. So I had like my Oscars outfit planned since the Golden Globes. And it was just this t-shirt. And then I wore it on the Oscars. And but because Ava is the first name listed on the t-shirt and Ava DuVernay directed A Wrinkle in Time, of course, I had to wear that to her movie. And I had seen, I didn't read the reviews but I had seen whispers on Twitter that that A Wrinkle in Time was getting some bad reviews, that it was getting mixed reviews. And I didn't want to let that taint my experience. So I'm like, I'm not reading that. I'm not reading that. Uh, I just want to go. I want to support Ava DuVernay. I want to support this big, you know, it's like a cultural thing. I wanted to go support that. But also, I love magic. So there's a pretty good chance I was going to love the movie. I have to say, whatever those critics had to say about it, I think they must have been coming from, they must have been looking for something to criticize. If you call yourself a critic, isn't that what you do? (laughs) So there's that, right? But also, it's like they must have been coming from a very cerebral, up-in-the-head kind of place because this is a movie, it's so Piscean. It's perfect that we're in the seasons of Pisces because it's a movie that you feel. It's, it's a deep-feeling kind of thing, and I hope that you can go in with an open heart. I, first of all, I'm, I hope you'll go see it, but that you can go with an open heart and just feel it. Just feel it. Let the inner child in you experience the movie. And it may be well up quite a few times. It got emotional. Why? I don't know how to say why. I mean, there's sentimental moments. There's big themes about evil. What is evil? Love versus fear. Love versus evil. Uh, lots of talk of frequency, very, very magical. So when I say magical, I mean like, yay, movies are magical, but I also mean this movie has a lot of magic in it, which is really uh, framed, I guess, as quantum physics. It's very loosely based on that, I think. Uh, Well, it's based on the children's book from way back in the day, but it had a very quantum physics-y slash physics, slash magical universe kind of thing going on. So magical in that sense. But uh, why did it get me choked up? I don't know. There was like father stuff and and some of it was just so beautiful. And man, I would have loved to see this movie as a kid. If you have kids, there are some scary parts if you have really little kids, but um, it must be so much fun for kids. And I went, again, I've told you about this guy before, but we have this movie buddy. He has autism. My son has autism. If you've never heard an episode of this show, he does. And I talk about that from time to time. And we have this movie buddy that meets us at the movies. He's not very demonstrative. Uh, he doesn't really show his feelings or emotions. He's pretty stoic 99% of the time. And uh, (laughs) he usually doesn't, like, if I buy his ticket, he doesn't usually say thank you. He doesn't usually say, like, hello or goodbye. He pretty much is just, like, there with us, and then he leaves. But I know he loves it, and I know he's having a good time, and that's what matters. And I don't need him to put on a big display, right? But today he kind of did. Uh, And 
there's this one part in the movie that is very emotional. It's like heightened emotions, transcendental fantasy kind of moment where they're flying. The kids are flying in the movie and it's super fantasy, like very magical moment. And Matthew, our friend, he scoots to the front of his seat. We're sitting together. He's right next to me. He scoots to the front of his seat and he put his hands in pair prayer pose and he looked like super excited when it was first starting like when they were first starting to fly and then all of a sudden he put his hands out like whoosh like I am king of the world and he was like flying in the theater with his hands out at the edge of his chair with this huge huge innocent big beautiful smile on his face and that got me super choked up it was a very special moment <laughs> to be there for. It was amazing. And more shout out to kids. The three kids in the movie are awesome actors. And whoever the boy is that plays Calvin, holy crap, that kid has so much presence. He's a fa fabulous actor, like such a good actor. I was really impressed that this young kid was such a great actor and he reminded me, too, a little bit of Andrew McCarthy from back in the day. Like, pretty and pink, hello. <laughs> he has a little bit of that going on physically. Like, he looked a little bit like he could be his kid to me. Um, so there's that. There was the Oscars, which I loved. Uh, my biggest gripe with the Oscars this year is not really a gripe because it's the Oscars. And it's all fun. And to me... The Oscars is, to me, what the Super Bowl is to mega crazy football fans. Like, I super get into it, and I love it a lot. And I was very excited that one of the best movies of the year won Best Picture, Shape of Water. Shape of Water and Coco, in my opinion, even though all the movies that were nominated were amazing, those two movies are, are really, really special, in my opinion. I loved them. They both have the magic. Coco is was almost, if not entirely, uh, um, was it, it wasn't all, I think it was just all Latino, the cast and crew. And, and it, it's very, those of you that love ancestor work, lighting candles, uh, keeping an ancestor altar. If you love any kind of mythology, it's such a good movie to see for that. It's like witchy in that way. If you're into that kind of stuff. Um, but very, very moving. So I was happy that, that Coco did pretty well. But the thing, the bone that I have to pick is that Richard Jenkins and Sally Hawkins are in A Shape of Water, and they were both nominated in their category. Sally Hawkins is the main woman, the, the lead actress in A Shape of Water, the one who falls in love with um, the fish god I don't know what to call him <laughs> and then she has this best friend that Richard Jenkins plays those two performances I just don't think acting gets any better than that and acting is sorcery man people that can really really play a character and completely live it in the most authentic present way in a way that most people don't even live their own lives it just always blows me away it is some kind of crazy channeling. It's just inspiring to see. And those two actors are so special, heartbreakingly beautiful. And they had this relationship. The Shape of Water is about the shape of love. That's what the Shape of Water means and that it comes in all these different containers, right? And 
I their relationship was a love relationship before this fish god even came along. The woman who is mute, who is the main character, has this neighbor who is gay at a time when it's not okay to be gay and you will be persecuted for it. And they have a love thing going. I have platonic love relationship that I think to me that's the first love story in the movie. And um, so I really wanted them to win in their categories. And Francis McDormand and... Uh, Holy crap, his name just flew out of my head. Moon. I love him. This happened twice. I was trying to t talk to my friend about him, and uh, he's so awesome, and we all love him, and why does his name keep... It's because I didn't want him to win. That's why <laughs> my mind has blocked him out for three billboards. Holy crap. I'm going to shout it out in the middle of the episode. Um, that's really funny that that keeps happening with this particular guy, who I've seen around town a couple of times, too. Anyway, I'm happy they won their Oscars. I'm sure they're happy they won their Oscars, but they're already so famous. Funny enough, I can't even think of his name right now. And Richard Jenkins and Sally Hawkins aren't, so I would have loved to see their work honored, but also, like, their name put out there more so people actually know who you're talking about when you talk about Richard Jenkins. and Sal uh, Sam Rockwell, there we go. Sam Rockwell won, <laughs> and he's awesome. I love him. Uh, no problems with any of these people. I just would have liked to see these lesser-known character actors win because they're crazy badasses. They're so awesome. <laughs> let's let's get back to some witchy stuff, too, for those of you who are like, I don't care about movies. Why are you always talking about movies? I don't know. I could talk about books, too. I have books sitting here. Maybe I'll circle back around to that because I said I was going to talk about something witchy. <laughs> Although I'm holding, screw what I said. I'm going to tell you about Children of Blood and Bone. There is this author, 23 years old, had a bidding war for the first book in a three-part series that she wrote. The first book is called Children of Blood and Bone. And there was a seven-figure bidding war going on for this 23-year-old author's book, Children of Blood and Bone. And it was a huge deal. Can you imagine being 23 years old and having big publishing houses throwing seven figures at you trying because they want so badly to publish your book? Like, what a privilege. And um, so as the book was getting closer to being released, it was released this week, of course, a big deal was made about it, and people were really counting down. The cover is super witchy and magical, as is the book. I was like, this weekend I'm doing Wrinkle in Time and Children of Blood and Bone. So after the movie, we walked over to Barnes & Noble. We got Children of Blood and Bone. And I busted it out and started reading it right away. And I saw instantly in the first paragraph, the first page, why these publishers fought blood and bone to get their hands on this book. It's She is powerful. That You have the sense instantly that you're in good hands with this author that she has a complete mastery over this world and I read a lot about uh, like the reviews for this we're comparing it to Harry Potter comparing it to Black Panther uh, because this is a, a book that takes place in Africa it's a fictional book um, and but also comparing it to uh, Hunger Games but you learn right away a few pages in. It's not Harry Potter. It's not Hunger Games. It's not Black Panther. It's its own unique, magical world. And so 
Um, in preparation, knew, knowing this was coming, I was in the middle of reading Harry Potter. Speaking of Harry Potter, uh, the Half-Blood Prince for the book club I keep telling you about. So I raced through that so I'd have a little window between that and Deathly Hollows to read this one because I just, again, these cultural moments, it's really fun when something is happening. Like the book is coming out, the movie is coming out, especially if you're, if you're on Twitter. It's really, really fun to tap in to the heat of the moment and to enjoy the phenomenon of it. I really, really love, um, I used to always say I wanted to be a part of my time and I wanted to be a part of pop culture. And I thought in order to do that, I had to be something fancy, like some well-known celebrity, such and such actor, movie maker, writer. I don't know what I thought I had to be in order to be a part of my time. But what the internet has done is it's made it us all a part of our time in this way. And when I say a part of our time, I mean pop culture, like those historical moments that happen, you know, that you just, I don't want to be an observer. I want to be a participant, if that makes any sense. And and so, like, catching the lightning of a moment to me of like, ooh, the book is out, and the people that are crazy nerds are all reading it together at the same time, and we can compare notes. I like that. I really enjoy that. So I only not even being very far into this book, like maybe a tenth of the way through, I'm already ready to recommend it to people because I'm just blown away by, I hope I'm, I don't know if I'm saying her name right. I got to hear her inter- interview. Uh, I avoid, I avoided video interviews with her because I didn't, I just want to enjoy the story with ha- without having her in my mind. Um, and then of course, I'm sure I'll go obsess on who is this woman, this young, talented woman, but just from reading it, I believe her name is Tomi Adyemi. Tomi Adyemi, that's going to be my best guess. But you can find it if you just look up Children of Blood and Bone. Witchy stuff, witchy stuff. I have to say, it's super rainy and overcast, which you saw in that video, if you saw the little clip where I was promoting today's show. Uh, so not today, but every other day besides today, I have been super spring fevery and when I get spring fever I get very very witchy I bust out my favorite like nature witch books um I usually bust out Poppy Palin's The Craft of the Wild Witch that's a favorite of mine (laughs) Um, but I have all these like garden witch kind of books that I keep right now that are currently on my kitchen altar which is right by the back door where I go out and I sit outside and in my backyard where spring is like reaching up and touching me physically, like all around me, clover and flowery weeds. Like we have the best weeds in my backyard. Okay. (laughs) They're beautiful. I love weeds. I really do. I think uh, you'll hear me talk about mushrooms from time to time and how much I love mushrooms. I feel that way about weeds too. Like weeds are medicinal and nutrition nutritious and we kill them and we spray them it's such a bizarre thing that we do so i have major weed appreciation most weeds are extraordinarily uh nutritious and or medicinal in some way like and it's amazing it's fascinating to me that we've decided they're ugly and we're going to kill them and then we're going to go to the pharmacy and get chemicals instead it's we have such a crazy culture i don't know what how we have separated ourselves so far from nature, from our nature. And uh, that's kind of been a theme, 
a theme with me lately. But uh, anyway, so I got really... I wanted to go find like some old... When I get really witchy. I get sentimental for my early days when I was first really getting into witchcraft. And part of that is, you know, dragging out those old books. I busted out my old book of shadows. I actually made new pages for that book because I was just super high and inspired on all the nature and stuff. Um, But I also, part of that is, is the videos of like early witchy YouTube. There was this community of people that that made, that had conversations on YouTube. And it was just a very special time. People that were around for that know what I'm talking about. But what happened, I went looking and I saw Feather Garden Bell, whose channel is The Witchy Mommy now. Um, She has made some new videos. And I was like, oh, yay. And it was just the perfect thing. The Witchy Mommy. For those of you who are like, who are you talking about? The Witchy Mommy. Her her name is Feather Garden Bell. That's what she's gone by forever. But her channel is The Witchy Mommy. And she is a garden witch for sure. And so I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I'm feeling right now. And she, in one of her videos... She's been harvesting like seeds, or not harvesting, is that how you say it? She's been sprouting like seeds and growing in a grow room that she's converted a closet in her home into until it's warm enough outside to plant. And so she's just in there talking and sharing what the different plants are, and she starts talking about moonflowers and how and how magical they are, you know, and how big they are and they open up at night and they glow and they smell fabulous and I just in hearing her talking about it I was like yeah I want some moon flowers and for um the spring equinox for the um the spring equinox module of the psycho spiritual wheel of the year that's the wheel of the year course that i offer all year long we do something there's a project a crafty witch project called the egg baby and uh it involves planting seeds of intention and seeds literally both it's like symbolic and quite literal and the two go together right and uh so if you want to do that, by the way, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. And there's a $20 off discount if you put in Ostara Love at checkout. But just that'll be on my blog. I don't want to mess up my story here. <laughs> uh, anyways, I was like, I'm going to get some moonflower seeds for my egg baby spell this year. And so um, I went on Etsy and I found some moonflower seeds and they're not here yet, but I'm very, very excited about that. And then I went over to Mountain Rose Herbs and I ordered some feverfew seeds uh, because when I went to go visit my mountain witch friend last year, Stephanie, up in the mountains, uh, she introduced me to feverfew, which looks like chamomile, really. They, they look very, very similar. Uh, so... Yeah, we're going to have some egg baby magic spell action happening with the moonflowers. And I'm very excited to do container gardens this year. Every year I plant a garden and some it's usually it's not usually it's 100 percent of the time always an issue with the animals. Like the very first year that I like dug out this huge plot and had an organic vegetable garden 
my cats. I could just, it's still to this day is just such a bone of contention with me. They used it as a litter box, a litter box, like shitting and pissing on my food. Literally, I was just so upset and I couldn't stop them from doing it. And uh, that was quite a few years ago. And I've tried many different things since. And uh, last year we had like possums eating our food. And this year I've decided we're going to do almost entirely herbs because they tend to leave the herbs alone and we're going to do them in containers. So I'm collecting containers. I have, uh, and they're magical. Herbs are so magical. I really am interested in nutrition and medicine, like natural, like herbal medicine and things like that is, I don't know. I feel in awe of that and fascinated by that. I don't have a depth of understanding of how it all works, but it's something I've been interested in for years and I enjoy it and they just smell really fantastic. And I think part of what launched me into this super mega spring fever kick that I'm on is uh, Oscar Sunday weekend. My son and I, we went to Cambria for like a little vacation. And uh, Cambria, we, we stayed in Cayucas, which is next door to Cambria. So they're like these little beach towns on the coast of California, right under where Big Sur is. Big Sur is my super duper happy place, but we didn't go up there this time. We just stayed down uh, mainly in Cambria is where we hung out. And Cambria has a smell. It smells like the ocean and it smells like herbs. And when you go into like the little town of Cambria, there are so many little garden and herb shops. And my favorite, which I've already mentioned here, is Spellbound Herbs. And I always think of it as the practical magic house. It's like a major stop on our way that we have to have to have to go to. And um, there's a super, super magical garden in the back, a big garden. And I've shown it in vlogs before, but it's so fun to walk through. It's just an experience. It's just something you have to experience to understand. (laughs) It's so, I wish, I don't know, I wish we had something like that here. But um, we have awesome witchy stores here. But that is like the whole practical magic experience, if that makes sense. And so we did that, but then I found a few other garden places there that I had never been to before. There's like a garden compound of four or five, I don't know, quite a few little shops in a circle, and in the middle is a big outdoor garden, and it's like there's a a guy playing guitar, live music, and people are very just bohemian and artsy, just mulling about, sipping tea, and it's quite the experience. And I fell madly in love with this ornamental purple cabbage. So we ended up bringing that home and touching all the herbs. Like I'm, I'm big into just touching them. So you smell when you get back to the car. (laughs) Um, and then we went to this place called the nest and got this tea and It was lemongrass lavender tea. So when I went over to Mountain Rose Herbs to get that fever few, I also got uh, just loose lavender and lemongrass to try to recreate this tea from the nest in Cambria. So I was just just super high on nature. It It was we left our house in a rainstorm and and it rained the first night we were there. Uh, But then the sun came out on Saturday and 
It was the most perfect weather. There were turkey vultures and hawks like flying overhead and it was epic. We had the most awesome time. So now I'm very concerned with recreating that here at home. Like I don't want to let that feeling go <laughs> at all. And um but our uh gosh, see now I'm thinking about all these other things I want to tell you. How will I get to all of this? I don't know. I'm looking at the clock and it's almost six o'clock and this is supposed to go up at six and then I see all these other things that I wrote down that I wanted to tell you about. What to do, what to do. I guess I should tell you that about the time <laughs> in Cayucas when when uh Saturday, we had one full day, Saturday, right? So we drove up on Friday and then Sunday was Oscar Sunday. So I wanted to drive home in time to watch the Oscars. So Sunday morning was just enough to like wake up, have some breakfast, go out on the beach one more time, one last two raw on the beach and then drive home. So Saturday was our full day to wake up there and have the whole vacation experience and I was just chilling in the morning, drinking my morning brew, still in my pajamas. But Tanner, my son, was chomping at the bit to get out to the beach. And he wanted to see if the moon was out still because uh, it was a full moon weekend. That's why we went that weekend to watch. We go out on the beach and we watch the full moon rise over the hills while we're, we're standing out at night on the beach. And then when we wake up in the morning, you can still see the moon out. So he wanted to do that. So I was like, okay, this little beach house is right on the beach. And I mean, there's like a parking lot between the, the beach house and the sand. And it's a super chill, mellow neighborhood, super safe, super easy breezy. So I was like, okay, fine. In my pajamas, I put a beanie on my head and some boots and I, and I still had my coffee, my little morning mushroom coffee brew that I love in my hand. And I was like, fine, Tanner, we're just going to walk across the parking lot, look at the beach, see if we see the moon, and then we'll, we'll come home and get ready so we can go have breakfast and have our vacation. And he's like, yeah, he's so happy. So we go do that. It's beautiful. I didn't bring my phone with me or my keys or anything like that. We just leave the place unlocked because I can literally see it. We're standing right there. Everything's perfectly safe and fine. So we do that. Tanner's happy. I'm happy. We got to see the moon. We walk back and we're locked out. <laughs> Tanner had locked the door trying to be very responsible. Good on him, right? But I didn't have my keys. I didn't have my makeup. I didn't have my clothes. I didn't have car keys. I didn't have a phone. I had nothing but the cup of coffee in my hand, in my pajamas. And I tried, there's only two windows and a door. It's a tiny little beachy, beachy place. I tried to break in. I couldn't break in. And it's a, my mom's best friend owns this place. And so we get to stay there, but the rule is you have to take care of it. You have to leave it how you found it, especially if you ever want to go back, right? And plus, they're just the nicest, sweetest people. I would never do anything to damage their property. So I had like this moment of panic, like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Uh, and then I realized I had no choice. I had to go knock on neighbors' doors with no makeup on, super blonde. Like, that means my eyebrows and eyelashes are super blonde, <laughs> which means I think I look kind of funny without my makeup on. <laughs> Very blank and, um, uh, 
with this beanie on my head and just my pajamas. So goofy looking. And I'm like, I can't believe this. So we went and knocked on neighbors' doors until we found this guy that was very suspicious of us because we looked extremely crazy, like I said, in our pajamas. (laughs) And I told him what happened. And he was like trying to test us out, like to see if we were just some weirdos trying to break into this place. But to make a long story short, um, he helped us call a locksmith. And it ended up taking costing $100 and taking two and a half hours out of our vacation. And it was a real exercise in patience and kindness and mindfulness. Tanner was very upset. He was worried he was in trouble. He was upset that he messed up and he was ruining our vacation. All things that I happened to be thinking <laughs> But he's a very sensitive guy, and so I was very much like, no, you, you did a good job. You were trying to be be smart and lock the door. Um, you didn't know, and that's okay, and I should have had my key. Like, I was trying to be cool when inside I was like, I have to pee, and I'm starving, and I'm in my pajamas. What am I doing? So I had to keep bringing it back, like, to the moment and really practicing what I preach. And... Um, It turned into this very strange spiritual two and a half hours. It it turned into like a meditation practice because I literally had to keep bringing my mind back to the present moment and being like, let's find the joy in this. Let's find the beauty in this. (laughs) Uh, The guy that was trying to help us before the locksmith came, he was like, this is a first world problem. And I was like, it is. I need to keep reminding myself of that. And once he went inside, once the locksmith was was called and it was just Tanner and I waiting and waiting and waiting. I saw outside this guy's property was one of those little, uh, he must have done it himself because it was on his property. It was a neighborhood free library. They're like, if you've never seen one, they're so cute. And it's like a little mailbox of books. And it's like free, take a book. You open the little glass door and there's just books that people from the neighborhood have already read and put in there. And I ended up getting this book. Well, the first book that was like propped against the glass that was blocking all the other books. So it was all you could see. It looked like from a distance that it said so happy on the cover. And then as you got closer and closer, you could see in lighter lettering were the letters U and L. So the book title really is Soul Happy which I love. I've been talking so much about soul, especially in the Shadow Love audio journey. It was really about soul for me. So it's like, oh my gosh, I'm taking that book. And it's a book of quotes, really beautiful quotes. But um, the one that really helped me that I sat there reading while we were waiting for the locksmith was turning the mind into an alley an alley, turning your mind (laughs) into an alley. (laughs) I'm holding the book right now. (laughs) to read the title to you, Turning the Mind into an Ally. And it's about meditation and mindfulness. And it really, really was just, it made me laugh because I was really struggling to stay in the moment and to stay in my joy and to find little things to be happy about. We had this beautiful view of an ocean and this, you know, privilege of staying at this place. And and what kept flashing in my mind is $100. I can't believe this. Like, it's like... Um, And I didn't even know at that point what he was going to charge us. Funny enough, I told the guy that was helping us, I said, how much do you think this is going to cost? This is going to cost me a fortune, isn't it? And he goes, yeah, probably. And I said, well, 
If it's not over $100, I can handle it. I think I'll be all right, and uh, we'll see. So it ended up being $95, actually, ultimately. So it's like the universe was like, uh, heard my cry. Like, it needs to be under $100, and it was almost that, right? But it just feels like burning money on something like that, right? It just feels like, God, what could I do with that money? If I'm going to spend $100 on something, like if I'm going to buy something online for $100, I research it. I look for the best prices. I might pull some tarot cards, you know, to see, like, do I really need to, to do this right now? Why? What is my intention? Like, to me, spending $100 on something is spending a lot of money. So it's it was just very frustrating to just like, whew, just throw the money away. <laughs> but uh, so that was the, the main anxious thought. And then it just started being, I'm hungry and I have to pee. I'm hungry and I have to pee. And it felt like the locksmith was doing a bit of theater, like he was putting on a show for us to stretch it out. He must get paid by the hour. That was the impression I got. And I, it really tested my patience a couple of times I just wanted to burst out and be like just charge me a fortune you know charge me what you want to charge me but let us in (laughs) so I think he maybe felt finally the pressure of it he's like yay finally we're in so we got in and we ended up having a fabulous day anyway so uh I'm having the feeling while I'm talking to you not only that speaking of mindfulness that the time is ticking but I see all these little like notes and stuff that I told you about at the beginning and I'm like oh I can't talk about all of this I don't have time to talk about all of this I wanted to tell you about um (sighs) Gwyneth Paltrow stealing my thunder man as a podcaster Quinneth Paltrow has a podcast now. How am I supposed to compete with that? And her first guest was Oprah, Queen Oprah. Holy crap. I have to say, it was amazing. Oprah... Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, first episode. I'm, I've am i passed the 300th mark here on my podcast, and it's a hot mess, and Gwyneth Paltrow hits it out of the park. The first one. Oprah Winfrey's her guest, and that episode is the goop podcast of course holy crap that conversation is so good and super packed with wisdom it's really 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 good and they talk about the me too movement in the second half of it it just kind of turned into that that the conversation just evolved that way and i have to say what they were saying about the me too movement was so resonant for me and how i feel about it and uh yeah, so if you haven't checked that out yet, I hope you won't abandon Hippie Witch for Gwyneth Paltrow because it's a really good podcast if this first episode is any indication. Although, where do you go from Oprah, right? Is it all downhill after Oprah? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it, funny enough, too, I'm also off and on, uh, like when I'm cleaning the house and stuff, I've been listening to to the audiobook, to The Wisdom of Sundays, which is also really good. So Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. Oprah was in A Wrinkle in Time. Oprah was the first guest on Gwyneth's podcast. And Oprah is, uh, The Wisdom of Sundays is her book. It's like a compilation of the best moments of Super Soul Sunday. Um, But man, it's really, really good. There's some pieces. There's different chapters. And each chapter is a different guest that she's interviewed. So I like some a little bit better than others. Um, But the criminal just justice activist what is his name there's a guy on there that talks about criminals in the justice system and how they're treated and 
how our system is broken and and sucking up people who are broken and making them more broken. And he tells this story about this kid who goes to jail when he's like 13 years old. And because he's so young, he ends up getting put in solitary confinement because they don't think it's safe for him to be with a general population. And then he ends up being in solitary confinement for like... Oh, no. How many years? I want to say 18 years, like some crazy number. It's just insane abuse, insane abuse. And I was crying listening to that segment of um, the Wisdom of Sundays because it's just very profound how we treat people and how we've kind of really taken what slavery was in America. And now we have this very kind of sophisticated, under-the-radar continuation of that oppression in our in our criminal system in our um prison population i think we have the biggest prison population of any country in the world it's very strange uh it's very strange i don't want to end this thing on a downer but it was it was he was a beautiful man the work that he's doing is beautiful and it was very very inspiring and um so yeah, I don't know. Oprah man, what can you say about Oprah? She's always she's always doing something inspiring and awesome. <laughs> I think I've already like it's about to turn six o'clock. Oh, there's one more thing I have to tell you about, and you're probably not even listening anymore because this wasn't well planned and I've just rambled. But if you're still listening, I'm about to change your life with what I'm going to say. Are you ready for this? Maybe get out a pen. <laughs> Yahuda Matzo style squares and toasted onion. Holy shit. <laughs> if you like saltine crackers or you like like Jewish delicatessen food, you're going to flip out over these. And they're gluten free because I eat gluten free food, but I don't see why you wouldn't love them if you're not gluten free. They're so delicious. But if you eat a gluten free diet, like saltine crackers is something you miss. Like when I was sick, when I was a kid, my dad would always come home from work and bring seven up Campbell's chicken noodle soup and saltines. And so to me, that's like the most comforting sick people food. And anytime I've ever had a, a upset stomach or anything, either like really just uh, simple toast with butter on it or saltine crackers was always the magic thing that would make my stomach stop feeling nauseous. Once I went gluten-free, I couldn't do that anymore, right? So I saw these crackers randomly. They're giant. They're like the size of a plate, but they're square. So like they're these kosher matzo style squares I don't know how else to explain them as big saltine crackers but you have to get the toasted onion flavor it will definitely make you crave chicken noodle soup when you're eating them but uh Tanner and I we brought them with us to our trip I usually buy groceries to save money when we go on vacation <laughs> and we brought like this awesome white bean soup with us and these crackers and then when we had never tried them before I just bought them on a whim and that just the first bite, both of us looked at each other, our eyes got huge, and we were like, oh my god, <laughs> we were in heaven over these crackers, and um, they're so crumbly, like you end up getting crumbs all over yourself, because they're crackers, hello, 
Um, but we ate the whole box in in during the trip, and then we came home on the drive home. We stopped at my favorite Whole Foods in Oxnard, so we like were like, "Where are the crackers? <laughs> Where are these things?" So Yahuda, Y E H U D A, Yahudo, Yahuda, <laughs> Yahuda, Yahuda, matzo style squares and toasted onion. Holy yum. Holy yum. Holy yum. Should I tell you about the possum in my kitchen too? We have a possum that keeps coming in our house, going in our house. The first time I found him, he was in our kitchen. And he's going through our kitchen to get into the laundry room where we keep the cat food. (laughs) So any ideas for how to stop this from happening? I keep our back door open for the cats to come in and out. And he is... He tried to open the door yet last night. We locked him out, and there he was with his little monkey fingers trying to open the back door, like pull it open, and he couldn't because, hello, it was locked. But uh, he knows where the cat food is now, and he is not afraid to walk right into our house and chill in my kitchen. It's very strange. So <laughs> I don't want to hurt him. I don't even want to scare him, but I want him to not come in our house anymore. So I'm open to suggestions. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.